Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Now we'll have a, a Bible reading um, from Agri, um, Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Now hear this scripture from the book of Galatians. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap eternal life from the spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. The word of God for the people people of God. Time is now um, to welcome my friend, uh, Reverend James Blake, uh, we welcome you to the forefront this morning. Thank you, sir, for being here with us. Thank you so much, um, Henra, for this opportunity to be here. I'm grateful to, I'm always grateful for a chance to be with my Park Ave family because this community family, um, particularly because of um, during my formative years of trying to figure out what my theology or my understanding of theology was, Park Ave was a central part of that journey for me. So Park Ave continues to hold a special space in my heart. And every time I have the opportunity to be back here to share God's word, I'm always uplifted. Um, So thank you all for having me. Um, Let's pray together as we begin. God who hears us in these troubled times, may your word be lifted up 
And in your word, may we find comfort, may we find peace, and may we find motivation to be and do better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I have always considered Lent um, a journey, a journey of reflection, a journey of hope, a journey that's centered on discovering purpose. Over the years, however, Lent's commercialization has placed the emphasis on giving up trivial things as some self-righteous proclamation. So we'll rather give up things like bread or meat or alcohol or um, even sex, um, rather than giving up racism or oppression or ignorance, um, all because we're trying to prove that we are some righteous individual or some super Christian. How can we reclaim the true meaning of Lent? How can we find purpose in deeply searching ourselves and acknowledging our, our shortcomings, our ignorance and our limitations? How can we acknowledge that we have at some level lost our way in pursuit of the unattainable? How can we find community as we journey through this Lenten season? This past week has been heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for the families of the women slain in hatred in Atlanta. It's been heartbreaking for members of the Asian American and Pacific Islander com community who not only have to mourn this loss, but also deal with renewed hate-based attacks on their community. It has been heartbreaking for those who understand the effects and reality of systemic racism and the multiple ways it shows up in this society. It has been heartbreaking because of the knowledge that many will try to excuse the behavior of the terrorists who perpetuated this atrocity while at the same time stripping the victims of their dignity and humanity. Sadly, this heartbreak is worsened by the fact that many who claim to follow Jesus are the ones who are causing the pain. Where do we go from here? Where do we find the energy and desire to keep on doing the necessary work of advocacy and abolition and dismantling in the midst of all this heartbreak. When I was in Liberia, before coming to school here in the States, I worked for a private K-12 boarding school, the Ricks Institute. The school's model is not for self, but for others. The model is a nudge to the school's dedication to developing students who are community-oriented and selfless in their interaction with society. As I consider your Lenten theme, Reimagine Sacrifice, the words of this model echo in my mind, not for self, but for others. The value of reimagining sacrifice 
is deeply rooted, I believe, in the quest for building a beloved community. Over the last year, we have had opportunities to consider the relationships in our lives and put renewed focus on what it means to live together in community. Our attention is drawn to issues of oppression and inequity in our society. We've seen firsthand the disparity within our health and justice systems. We've continued to see how the spreading of lies and misinformation has undermined this nation's very sanity. We have seen how just over a year, families are, were struck with unimaginable grief because of the loss of a loved one. Grief further exacerbated because loved ones died and family members could not be by their bedside. Is there a better time than this Lenten season to reimagine sacrifice, to reconsider how we live in the world with one another? A familiar African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. As a society, we have been so caught up in going fast and outpacing everyone else that we have failed to see how morally corrupt we have become. For example, we spend billions on war machines and militarization of civilian police. But when it comes to strengthening aid programs for people in need, we complain about the deficit. The very value of being a Christ follower has been forsaking for the halls of power and wealth. Personal agendas and yearnings of self-righteousness lead so-called Christians to spread hate messages rather than grace, to demonize and criminalize the immigrant and foreigners rather than welcome them with love to disparage the poor and needy rather than feed the hungry and clothe the naked. To look with disdain and disgust as mem at members of the LGBTQIA community rather than seeing the image of God shining brightly within them. How can any of this moral corruption fulfill the message of Christ? In his final pastoral council, to the Galatians, Paul provides them with basic directives on what it means to live in community, walking by the Spirit. Paul sees the church as an extended family in which members should take responsibility for one another. He wants them not to see themselves as spiritual rivals, but as co-laborers, a family in Christ. So in the first verse, he directs them, if anyone is found in transgression, you who are strong or you who claim to be strong or you who think you're strong, should seek to restore them in gentleness, restore them in love, restore them in grace. While Paul does not outrightly make this claim, he implies that one day those who claim to be strong or who think they're strong in the spirit might just find themselves also in transgression and needing grace. It's the old, if you live in a glass house, don't throw stones mantra. Understanding this connection in community and the need to work together to restore the loss 
is the very foundation of a thriving community. Paul wants the Galatians to know that individual piety, individual accomplishments, and personal gains fall short if the very same energy is not giving to helping one another. Paul goes one step further in verse two and says, bear one another's burden. The word translated as bear here is Greek um, bastazo and can also means to share or to carry. Then of course, we have the phrase one another or alelon, which is a reciprocal pronoun that emphasizes the mutual responsibility and benefit of caring for one another. This care for one another, Paul declares, is the fulfillment of the law of Christ. There have been many scholarly studies on the meaning of this phrase, the law of Christ, because of the apparent oxymoron. Paul spent a good portion of his writings presenting Jesus in opposition to the law. He suggests that Jesus had come to liberate those who are enslaved by the law. But now here's the same Paul offering burden sharing as a fulfillment of the law of Christ. While it may seem confusing or an oxymoron, Paul presents Christ not as a new law, but as a fulfillment of the law, particularly Christ's redemptive work of self-love. So where once the Galatians were held captive by a restrictive and legalistic set of laws, Paul points them to law fulfilled in love and rooted in care for one another. A love that causes communities to prosper. A love that seeks the welfare of others. A love that demands justice for all. A love that says to your neighbor, I'm here for you. A love that says, like the hymn writer says, we are pilgrims on a journey, fellow travelers on a road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. This burden sharing love is Paul's directive to the Galatians. Paul paints a picture of the church as an extended family of mutual responsibility. He implies that life as a Christ follower should not be one of individual toil and striving to attain righteousness. He suggests that the family has its foundation in interdependence, the kind of interdependence that is characterized not by fake pious warnings and rebukes, but is evidenced in the bearing of one another's burdens. This burden sharing life is a life filled and led by the spirit. By asking the Galatians to bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfilling the law of Christ, Paul has given them a means by which they can conform their lives to selfless sacrifice molded in the pattern of Jesus. Without directly saying it, Paul is advising the Galatians to imitate Christ. Paul invites the Galatians into an extended family that is motivated by a symbiotic relationship of burden sharing. In this family, everyone's burden is a little lighter because no one carries them on their own. In this family, you're not ridiculed or shamed for your shortcomings or limitations. 
In this family, you are helped and hoped from a place of mutual love. In this family, you can count on one another as you journey on. Paul's instructions to the Galatians is alive for us as we journey through this Lenten season. One of the most famous concepts of community is conceived in the term Ubuntu. The Zulu term roughly translates into, I am because you are. Many African cultures believe that we must be concerned with the problems, the struggles or burdens of others because their issues, whether we realize it or not, affects all of us. An example of this concept is found in Fannie Lou Hamer's famous quote, no one is free until everyone is free. We can also hear an example of this concept in the words of James Baldwin, who said, if we know, then we must fight for life as though it were our own, which it is, and render impassable with our bodies the corridors to the gas chamber. For if they come for you in the morning, they will be coming for us that night. Our Judeo-Christian understanding of sacrifice as motivated by personal reward stands in contrast to this ideology. So we therefore must reimagine sacrifice, not as a means of individual future rewards, not as a means of getting mansions in uh, so-called heaven, or not as in wearing robes and wearing crowns, but we must reimagine sacrifice as a catalyst for building a better church, for building a community, for building a better country, for building a better world. As we journey through this season of Lent, let us be reminded that we do not travel alone, but we journey as a community and a family. Let us be reminded that we are called to bear one another's burden. Burdens can take on many shapes and forms. Burdens can be physical and they can be psychological. Burdens can render us helpless and hopeless when we try to bear them on our own. Burdens can isolate us and shut us out. Burdens can entrap and enslave us, especially when oppressors and oppressive systems place those burdens on us and others. It matters not how strong we think we are or how much wealth we possess. It matters not of how aligned we are with the dominant culture and power structure. At some point in our lives, there comes a burden we cannot and should not bear alone. Our ability in these times to tap into and lean on one another's strength determines just how well our community prospers. With all of the divisions in our society, there's no better time to imitate Christ, no better time to reimagine sacrifice. I remember a song we used to sing growing up and the words of the song are, the more we are together, the happier we'll be. When your friend is my friend and my friend is your friend, the more we are together, the happier we will be. 
But let me get this clear. This being together is not, the concept of this being together from this song is not a kumbaya, why can't we all get along kind of being together? No, this idea is not, uh, I'm going to ignore your hurtfulness or oppressive behavior being together. This kind of being together is not characterized by a lack of holding people accountable or excusing wrong in the name of unity. This kind of being together does not ignore the suffering of others. This kind of being together calls us to love more, to serve more, to forgive more, to fight more for a just and equal society for all God's people, all for the betterment of one another. Being together in a way that promotes burden sharing is how we begin to reimagine sacrifice. Where once we were told that sacrifice to guarantee our place in heaven or that whatever work Christ did on the cross was a sacrifice to get, our, get us to a greater glory, we must now realize that sacrifice is not something we do just for our own elevation. We realize that sacrifice is how we make heaven possible right here, right now, for all of us. One of my absolute favorite hymns is Blessed Be the Tie That Bind. I especially love the third verse that says, we share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. This verse for me highlights a laylon or one another. It stresses the value of mutual burden sharing within communities that are led by the spirit to fulfill the law of Christ. What does Christ require of us? The temptation is to ask this question always, but only from the perspective of self-elevation. So we're tempted to ask this question and only seek answers that are going to make us feel good, that are gonna make us feel better. But the true Christ follower asks this question from the standpoint of building the beloved community where mutual burden sharing is the norm and not the exception. I thank you for inviting me in this morning to reimagine sacrifice with you. I pray that as you continue to imagine ways to sacrifice, you do not lose sight of community. For it is in community that we truly live out the law and message that Christ fulfilled. So be there for one another. Be a shoulder to cry on. Be a listening ear. Be a voice for justice and equity on behalf of those who suffer injustice and inequality. Be a friend. Resist the temptation to be judgmental. Above all else, be a burden sharer. Now it's important to know that I'm not asking you to take on burdens too much for you to carry. 
I'm not one of those Christians who think that God doesn't put more on you that you can bear. I, I honestly don't think that's true. And I'm not suggesting that you offload all burdens on someone else. No, we have to discern and understand that some burdens are light enough for us to carry on our own. And some are just too much for one person or one community to bear. I love the opportunity to journey with you all through the season of Lent. I love that you give of yourselves sacrificially for the sake of one another. I love that as a community, you welcome all. I love that you are committed to feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting and praying for the sick. I love that you are an ally and an advocate. I love that you love Jesus. I love that you embrace this idea of a laylong, the one another. But let us not be content with where we are. Let us during this season keep asking ourselves how to be better burden sharers. Let us keep asking ourselves how we can continue to hold fast to loving one another. Let us keep asking ourselves how we can be better and do better, not only for us, but also for the good of one another. For it is in our deep commitment to serving and loving one another that we find the peace that passes all understanding. The poet Cleo Wade reminds us that it is our divine duty to take care of one another and keep each other safe. It is our desire, it is in our desire to love one another through burden sharing that we get a glimpse of the true meaning and possibility of heaven on earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.